All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Daily Faceoff Live. It's Matt Larkin here. It's Friday, January 20th. Lots to discuss after a busy slate last night on the NHL schedule. First, of course, I want to welcome my buddy, Stephen Ellis, our prospect analyst, associate editor, and also the man behind the Connor Bedard tracker, which you can find. It's a tab on dailyfaceoff.com. How goes the Bedard watch, Stephen? Well, if you're the Montreal Canadiens, that was an interesting night last night where Florida is no longer in that that kind of big opportunity there to get that first overall pick. So I think the Habs kind of want the Panthers to start sucking. But right now, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, you're probably loving it. I agree. Okay, let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock. And let's start, Stephen, by discussing the heavyweight tilt last night between the two top Canadian teams in the NHL this season. Toronto Maple Leafs, Winnipeg Jets. If the Jets win that game, they would have been tied in the standing of 61 points each. The Leafs take it with a decisive 4-1 win. So... Do you feel like after this display, is Toronto Canada's best hope this season? Is it the Jets? Is it another team? What do you think, Stephen? I think I think the Jets played a little better than the score kind of indicates. I know in the second period, all the high-danger scoring chances at 5-5 five and five actually went Toronto's favor, which is pretty remarkable. But I think if you look at the, that, you know, Winnipeg still has Connor Hellebuck. They still got this great uh, group up front. They got Josh Morrissey. So they've got a really good group there. Uh, I think they mostly just kind of ran into a super hot goaltender last night where Samsonov, I wrote for Leafs Nation earlier in the day, I said, this is an opportunity for him to kind of show he could be the number one. And he played like that. So, but when you look at the Leafs, you know, they're, they're, they're I think people will overreact to their tough games. Um, but the fact is when they're good, they're really good. And we saw last night, their stars really showed up. 
It's true. And Ilya Samsonov, the really strange home road split there with, with both members of the goalie tandem. He's 12 0 and 1, 938 save percentage at home. Matt Murray, 7 4 and 1, 929 on the road. You have Sheldon Keefe after the game indicating that, yeah, this is kind of a thing. So I don't know if we're going to start seeing that split based on where they're playing going forward, but it's an interesting development. Also interesting seeing Austin Matthews get hot. Two goals last night, five goals in his last four games. Maybe that little bit of load management starting to pay off. He's finding his groove. I think he's going to have a monster second half. And the Jets, of course, you know, it's one loss. It doesn't mean everything. I think this is still a really good team. I was a little hard on them last week, but I still think they remind me a lot of the New York Rangers of last year. Very similar, a little bit elevated by elite goaltending. That still matters, right? Igor Shosterkin, Connor Hellebuck. You have that stud defenseman, Adam Fox, Josh Morrissey, a lot of star power at four, just like the Rangers, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers. So I do think the Jets are going to be a tough out, even if they're just outperforming their metrics a little bit. I would not worry about them too much. But still, it was an interesting tilt to see between these two teams. And the Leafs, I think... To me, what what impressed me more even was the win earlier this week. It was an ugly game against the Florida Panthers, come from behind, and the fact that they can grind out something just in a, in a mucky night is a sign of team toughness. So we'll see if it continues going forward. Uh, Steven, so that was some, some positive news. You're a Leaf fan last night. It was an entertaining game. Some sad news. We saw Max Pacioretty. He makes it back after a week off, had a lower body injury. Before that, he'd only played in a few games coming back from the Achilles tear. And he goes down again, non-contact injury. It looked really bad. It appears to be that Achilles again. It's likely retorn. We don't have official confirmation on that yet, but it looks like this is going to be a season-ending injury for Max Pacioretty. So how hard is it for you to see that, Stephen, for a guy who just every time he gets back up, he just gets knocked back down? Yeah, and that's been kind of like the story of his career. You know, he was starting to find his groove uh, as a young guy in Montreal, and then he had the, the incident with Zidane Chara. And then you look at last year in Vegas, and then this year in Carolina, missing the first half. So, uh, a huge bummer for a guy that was brought in to be such an important piece of this team. And I, I predicted the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup. I still think they're very capable of it, but that was also on the basis of Pacioretty coming in and providing that extra scoring they needed. And I thought he looked good, not 100% right away in the first few games, but he was going to be able to get back into the rhythm and, and start to stand out. And uh, I think it's just, okay, I feel so bad for him at this point. You got to wonder what's next, what's the future for him. But the fact it's injury after injury, it, it looked so harmless last night and it clearly was not. So uh, just a tough situation. It really is. And you do wonder, did he come back too fast? The initial timeline when he had the surgery in the summer was six months. He comes back after five months. He's 34 years old. And you do have to worry, did he lose himself some money this season? Because he's a pending UFA. He's going to carry a lot of risk. He could be a massive bargain next year for whatever team picks him up. But you really have to feel for him. He still plays at a really high level. 92 games only in the past three seasons combined, 91 points. Uh, but I want to ask just about the hurricane specifically, Stephen. Do you think this could create an opportunity? Because we know that $7 million, the cap head of Max Petretti, goes on LTIR, or, or it will be. And now that could open up a possibility for the Canes to be a player for one of the big fish. I'm talking Bo Horvat or Timo Meyer. What do you think this means for Carolina's trade deadline plans? Well, now they got to get aggressive. And again, I, this is a team where I'm, I'm, I'm bullish on, the, on going all out. 
us are going going all in on something here. When you look at the Hurricanes, I think this is a team that should be competitive for the next couple of years, so they don't need to sacrifice pieces here to go out there and win at this time. Uh, but I think when you you look at the core, they still got a lot of talent. They've done a good job um, in the, the absence of Pacioretty already this year. They're going to have to do it again, but now they've got this, the opportunity here to go in there and get a good rental. And I think, yeah, you they're going to be for sure making a run. They can afford to trade a couple of decent prospects. They got some solid ones kind of throughout the NCAA and then Major Junior. And so that'll be interesting to see how they handle that. They could trade their draft picks. They're going to be a contender for a long time. I'd say go for it, but don't mortgage your current roster. Don't don't go and hurt the pieces of that to bring in someone. Make sure that you're adding without killing your team. It's okay to trade the future because I still think they have a bright future. Well said. And watch tomorrow. We're going to have a face-off, daily face-off roundtable on which team we think should go all in the most at the trade deadline. So, Stephen, the all-star fan vote came in last night. So we finally got those extra selections added to each roster. You had Ilya Sorokin, Artemi Panarin, Adam Fox in the Metro, Andre Vasilevsky, David Pasternak, Austin Matthews in the Atlantic, Connor Hellebuck, Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon in the Central, Stuart Skinner, Leon Dreisaitl, Bo Horvat in the Pacific. So now we know these full rosters. We can have the real snub discussion, okay? So I want to know who is your number one snub, or it could be a couple. Who are you looking at that got the shaft this time? Well, I'm going to go with Tim Stutzel out of Ottawa, a guy that when you look at that 2020 draft and you look at all the talent there was, and a lot of people had him to be the top prospect. And right now he's playing like the, the best player from that draft. And he's going out there. He's going to be on pace for, for 82 points this season. That's well, maybe even more. Uh, I think this is a guy that should be there. Um, at the same time, I'm also looking at Rasmus Dahlin as another guy who, like, to me, is one of the best defensemen in the league this year. Very good for me in fantasy. Two guys that probably should be in this game. But I will say before you give your picks, why do the fans care so much? People got really upset about it. And I get, like, if you're, like, a, a Habs fan or you're a Sens fan and you're tweeting up who you want in the All-Star game, you're probably not seeing other teams picks on twitter because you're following your own fan base so i say you don't have to care too much um but that being said if 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 i were putting two guys in there stutzlin and rasmus Dalin have been good enough that they should be there but again when you have this these small divisional teams you miss out on a lot of quality talent william nylander is the top scorer in the leafs he's not there so it just happens that way yeah, very well said. I especially agree with the Darlene logic. Uh, I want to look at Jake Ottinger in the central, but he's not my official pick because he just got a tough draw. It's the same division as Connor Hellebuck and UC Sorrow. So no matter what, an elite goaltender doesn't make it, but he's been fantastic. He's taking over as that horse. I don't think he's even out of the Vezina discussion. He could still rally and win it and not even go into the All-Star game. But my main pick for this one is Kyle Connor of the Winnipeg Jets. I think he's been one of the most underrated scorers in the league for several seasons now. And he always had that pedigree first round pick. I'll never forget a scout told one of my buddies where I used to work. He had jersey flapping speed. It stuck with me. And he really does have that game, that mad dash rush ability, goal scoring ability. He's got 55 points in 46 games, 98 point pace. And he's tied for 11th in scoring in the NHL. He's not even going to the All-Star game. You don't have room for the number 11 scorer in the league. This is an example, again, of that format, the roster format sort of hurting a really good player. And I just can't believe that we're not going to see Kyle Connor there because he's such a special talent. I'll add to that. I, I, you know, congratulations to the really good players that now get a couple days off. You know, that's probably what they would love to do. And uh, they were talking earlier of Tyler Imchuk talking about Stuart Skinner. It's like, he just had a, like he just had a baby and now he's going to be in the all-star game. I bet you he probably wanted to stay home, but cool opportunity for him. It's true. Very important way to get some rest and recovery. Very well said. Uh, Steven, let's talk buying some beers as we always do on Fridays. 
Who are you sliding that cold one over to today? Who's your pick? Well, he might be on some painkillers right now, so he might not be a great guy to have beer right now, but Yuri Slavkovsky, the uh, Montreal Canadiens number one pick from last year, uh, a guy that was, you know, it's a, he, there was a lot of pressure on him. He's number one pick in a big market. It was kind of a surprise pick, slow preseason, slow rookie t- uh, tournament, uh, slow start to the regular season. He started to really kind of find his game heading into December. And I made the argument that maybe he shouldn't have gone to the juniors. He didn't. And now he started to struggle. I don't think, I think he got something like three shots in like a, seven or eight game span from the time that the juniors began to the time it ended for Slovakia. So uh, he probably could have gone there and got that, that kind of chemistry and figuring things out. And instead, you know, he's done potentially for the season of all injury. So I feel bad for him. There's a lot of pressure on him and it's, it's done before he can kind of find out his legs. So next year, again, even more pressure. It's funny, the Habs are giving me, even though it's different management, I get a flashback of, hmm, let's see, a few years back, they had a top three draft pick. It was considered a reach. They rushed that player to the NHL, and it was almost like, out of spite, they wanted to prove that their pick was ready, so they brought him, they kept him there, and it was, of course, his very Kotkaniemi. And I wonder if it was a little bit of the same with Slavkovsky. Maybe he wasn't ready, but you want to justify taking him first overall, so you park him in, in the pros at the beginning of the season, and he's a little bit in over his head, but we'll see. Uh, my beer is going to go to Kirill Kaprizov of the Minnesota Wild. I just love a great hockey market having a real superstar for the first time. Maybe ever, you could say maybe it was Marion Gabrick back in the day, but I don't think they've ever had a player in the tier of Kirill Kaprizov. He got gold number 100 on Thursday night. He got there in game 180 of his career. That's faster than even Austin Matthews took to get there. Only Alex Ovechkin and Patrick Laine, among active players, got to 100 career goals faster than Kirill Kaprizov. And if you look at that 2015 draft class, which is rapidly looking like one of the greatest of all time, he's 13th in goals among everyone picked in 2015, and he's 51st in games played. He's really making up ground quickly, and he's just such a special player. He's strong on the puck. He's creative. He's got a fun personality, at least what you get through translation, and it's just fun watching him blossom into what I think is a legitimate superstar perennial MVP candidate. So... A cold one goes to Kirill Kaprizov. It's time now, Stephen, for icebreakers. We're bringing in our own big dog, Frank Valley, to talk trade targets. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, everybody, it's time for Icebreakers, brought to you by our friends at Montana's. I want to welcome you to his usual stomping grounds. This time, he is our guest, Frank Saravalli, the DFO president of hockey content. Frank, how you doing, my friend? I am good. Yeah, new trade targets board. Six weeks today is trade deadline day. We're in fine form with one story every day on dailyfaceoff.com. That's right. Frank is just grinding hard, throwing one up every single day. We really appreciate the effort. And Frank, of course, we have the new trade targets board coming later today. So I wanted to start by asking you about a name that made headlines yesterday. Matt Dumba, defenseman, Minnesota Wild. Healthy scratch, of course. He's in the top 10 on your board. So is it safe to assume this was asset management by the Wild by sitting, sitting him here? And then what's the latest on Dumba? No, so this was not asset management by the Minnesota Wild. In fact, this was purely play-based. He did have a meeting with Coach Dean Evason and worked through some of the issues that they saw pop up in his game, specifically on Tuesday night. I know uh, Dumba seemed to be a little bit surprised, and I think this kind of hits him well, like a two-by-four in the face because you saw the Matt Boldy extension that came down the pike earlier this week, seven times seven, 49 million bucks. And that essentially spells the end of Matt Dumba's tenure in Minnesota in stone. And so the big question is, will he move before the March 3rd trade deadline? Or will the Minnesota Wild keep him as a sort of own rental, knowing that he's going to be walking in the summer? I think the scales have been tipped in recent days toward Dumba being on the move. Does the healthy scratch hurt his trade potential and return? Maybe, maybe not, but it would also free up some flexibility for the Minnesota Wild to go out and add at this deadline, which they already have some cap space in the exact this exact moment in time. So Dumbo would provide additional flexibility for them if they wanted to go down that path. They're not set totally yet that that will be the case, but there's certainly been trade interest from some other teams. Frank, all eyes are on Bo Horvat this year. Uh, what would you say the latest is on him? Well, Stephen, talks have really heat up, especially in the last days since Jim Rutherford's press conference on Monday, in which he essentially spelled uh, Bo Horvat's fate in Vancouver. The Canucks saying that they believe they've made their best offer to Bo already. That wasn't a shock to anyone that was in his camp because they've sort of felt this from the preseason on that they'd likely be unable to come to a new deal with the Canucks. And I believe at least five teams, including but not limited to the Seattle Kraken, the Carolina Hurricanes, the Boston Bruins, the Minnesota Wild, and the Detroit Red Wings, have all been teams that have reached out to the Vancouver Canucks in recent days and weeks to really gauge them on the price for Horvat. I think this has heated up in such a significant way in the last few days that it wouldn't be a shock to see Horvat, who's been the number one guy on our trade targets board the entirety of this season, to be traded before the All-Star break. So uh, there's some real interest for Horvat, who's having a magical contract year. You see the 30 goals there, a grand slam, upper deck home run for him as he heads to free agency. May not actually make it to market, which is why so many of these teams have been interested. And you guys were just talking about Max Pacioretty and that potential season-ending injury that he's dealing with, well, 
how about $7 million in cap space to be able to add someone like Bo Horvat for a team that needed a center to begin with? We knew had already talked to Vancouver, but the last time they did was when they had Pacioretty in the lineup. So if you could take Bo Horvat and add him to that team as a 2C and bump Jesperi Kotkaniemi, who was also mentioned in this show, down the lineup a little bit, man, I think that would transform the Carolina Hurricanes into uh, what already teams many believe is a Stanley Cup contender, sort of into that next echelon, if there is one, as a true, legit team to watch. So the Horvat watch is going to be very exciting. I wanted to ask you, Frank, about a name that's been relatively under the radar, but it's one of the biggest climbers this week on your trade target board. It's going to be Jake McCabe, rugged defenseman of the Chicago Blackhawks. So what's the, the rationale behind the big jump from Jake McCabe? Well, the big jump is because there's been that much interest in Jake McCabe expressed to the Blackhawks. And so they've got some other big pieces to potentially move. We know about Kane and Taves, as you said. But with McCabe, the teams that have reached out to this point um, include the Los Angeles Kings, the Edmonton Oilers, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, I believe. So where it gets interesting is McCabe has a seven-team no-trade list, and some people have wondered, why seven teams? Does that mean that all seven Canadian teams are on the no list? And I'm told that six of the seven Canadian teams are on the no list, but the one that isn't is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they've had their eye on Jake McCabe for a while, and where it gets really exciting from a Maple Leafs perspective is if you consider that Chicago has so much cap space to go around, what if you could entice the, the Blackhawks with potentially a better draft pick or return to retain half on Jake McCabe, and then you'd have him for each of the next two seasons at a $2 million salary cap hit? It would seem to be no risk, even for a guy that has an injury profile in history. And I think McCabe, as the sort of defender type, not really an offensive type defenseman, is exactly in line with what the Leafs need. And to get him at that price on your cap for the next couple years would really seem to be a smart move. Okay. And Frank, I wanted to ask one more for you. Uh, I know John Klingberg of Anaheim Ducks was one of the names that you tabled early this season as someone who's likely to be dealt because we saw the Ducks fell out of contention so quickly that it was clearly the writing was on the wall. Are you hearing any traction there for Klingberg? No, I think it's actually been rather quiet. And I think a lot of teams have seen the dip in Klingberg's game this season. Part of that is, you know, unavoidable with the team play that's surrounding him. Uh, and I think teams always struggle to separate, you know, did this guy have a huge drop off or is he just playing with such a lack of support in Anaheim, basically only really having three bona fide NHL defensemen on their roster at this moment in time that I think it's impacted everyone. It's been a somewhat miserable season for Klingberg, who was hoping to, you know, he was lingering on the market for a while. He goes to Anaheim, puts seven million bucks in his pocket, and is thinking, okay, I'm going to be flipped at the trade deadline. I can have a great year and cash in finally once and for all for some real security. And doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I don't think a big contract is heading his way unless he has some kind of magical playoff run. And I think to this point, the Ducks were hoping that there would be a more robust market for Klingberg, who many see as the premier all-around rental defenseman available, but I'm not even certain that's the case uh, at this moment. Okay, excellent insight as always, Frank. We appreciate it. We're going to let you get back to that grind now, six weeks out until the trade deadline. This segment was brought to you by our friends at Montana's. 
Want you to check out their brand new comfort food menu. They got the pot roast soup. I'm feeling that one. Buttermilk fried chicken. Yes, please. Give it a look-see at montanas.ca to find out more on their lineup of daily deals. Thanks, Frank. Hey, Stephen, it's time for our Ask DFO inbox question. We saw last night Michael Matheson drills Eric Stahl of the Florida Panthers with that reverse hit. Matheson does get a fine, the maximum allowable under the CBA. Oh, no, what a big wrist slap, $5,000. So it's established this is a dirty hit, but was a fine enough for this play? Uh, just given kind of the rules and everything, I'm fine with that. Get it, fine, fine. Um, but I, I gotta say, he was, you know, that was a brave move by Matheson to try that out. Uh, it, it is a dangerous hit and one that, you know, maybe the NHL looks at maybe in a long-term situation there, but, you know, that that's a play I pull off in, like, video games. Uh, so for him to actually try that in the game and then to see kind of how that game kind of fell apart on both ends, there was a lot of fights and people did not uh, like Matheson on the rest of that game. Uh, but, you know, I... I'm fine with it, given the rule set, but I, it is something that maybe the NHL needs to look at because it is dangerous. The forward's not expecting it. Mm -hmm. And this play, of course, was particularly predatory just given how far the puck was away from Matheson. So it was clear interference in this case. But even in general, it's something we know defensemen are starting to use as this defense mechanism. I remember Kale McCarr talking about it to media over the summer. It was something he was kind of building into his game. And if we look at the precedent, every time we have to have a rule change in terms of something that assists players in their safety. It's got to go through that rule book. Competition committee it has to be approved. So right now, as it stands in the rule book, the reverse hit is relatively legal, unless it's a really cut and dry case of interference, as we saw with Matheson. So you can't do much now, but I think it's something that needs to be reconsidered in the future. Just when you factor in, it's sort of a reverse blindside. It's an unsafe play that often leaves the victim of the hit hurt. So how is that any different from something like a cross check or a slew foot or a hit from behind? If reverse hits are catching players off guard, it's threatening to their safety. I think we have to reevaluate it and maybe start to consider it a dirty play and just a penalty in general. I think it might be time. So we'll see if it's a hot button topic and discussions going forward. And if not, I'm going to try and get it out there. I'm going to table it because I think it should be. Uh, that brings us now to our daily faceoff points bet daily bet segment with Tyler Ramchuk. How did you do last night, my friend, on that big slate? I uh, went one for one. I missed on my shot prop parlay, but I did nail the over in that Montreal, Florida game. So things came off the rails and it won me a little bit of money. So I'm not too upset about that quiet night tonight on a Friday in the NHL. Just two games, but I got to play for each of them. So let's jump into it, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada. And let's start with that matchup at the top. The Sens taking on the Penguins for the second time in a week. The last time these two teams met nine total goals the over under obviously said it's six and a half like it usually is in the nhl and i do like the over in this spot neither of these teams has been you know great at hitting the over as of late they've both done it in five of their last 10 so it's kind of a coin flip but i like the fact that they met earlier this week there was a lot of offense also could be a backup plan in this game as well potentially forsberg versus de smith and if that does end up being the goaltending duo i am hammering the over in this one and colorado vancouver at the bottom for some reason, Bruce Boudreaux is still behind the bench in Vancouver, and while he is, I'm going to keep betting against them because I just don't think they're going to play very motivated hockey for a guy whose days are clearly numbered if you read all the reports out of Vancouver. So take that puck line. The Avs have won three in a row. They've covered the puck line in each of them. Plus 150 for a team that is as good as the Avs and starting to heat up. 
the way the abs are after their early season kind of malaise i love it give me that plus 150 payout all day and matt i'm chasing the juice on a friday night oh and also bills by a million this sunday why not why not? I like it. I like it, Tyler. Especially uh, anything to do with the Canucks right now. I'm hammering overs on their games, as I spoke about on our Puck Pooley's yeah. podcast, just because it's just fire wagon. It's slop. They just don't have any trust with the coach anymore. It's just a mess over there. So I definitely stand by that logic. Thanks, Tyler. And Stephen, we're going to finish it off now with some garbage time. And I'm the garbage man today, okay? And I, I'm going to bring you something. I don't think this take is actually garbage, though. Here come the Florida Panthers, Stephen. 6-2-1 and one in their past eight games. As Alexander Barkov told me, he sort of swatted down my question after the game on Tuesday. He doesn't want to compare last season's team to this one. And it's true. There's a big difference. President's Trophy, they take apart so much of the team, kind of going backward to go forward with that Matthew Kachuk trade. That said, I don't think it means they have to fall all the way out of the playoffs. Their luck is starting to turn. They're getting healthier. Barkov is back. Anton Lundell is back. Aaron Ekblad. And I think, even though the Panthers are far behind in the wildcard race, I, I'd be willing to bet on them catching a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, making the playoffs. Right now, I think they're a few points back, right? They're two points within the wild card, but I think Penguins have three games in hand, so it's not an easy road. But I'm asking you, Stephen, do you agree with me that the Panthers can be the team to steal that spot? I think so. And then I wouldn't want to mess with them in the playoffs. I think, obviously, goaltending's been a big issue for them this year. Uh, maybe Alex Lyon is the answer. Not really. Uh, but he played pretty good last night against the Canadians. You look at Kachuk, he's playing. He's having one of the best seasons of his career. Again, Barkov being healthy is huge. Brandon Montour has been fantastic on the point. He's kind of filling in an offensive role that Mackenzie Weaker couldn't do. And not having Weaker definitely has hurt this team. But I think that there's too much talent for this group to just fall apart like they are. Uh, so, again, bad news for the Montreal Canadiens of this team starts to pick it up but they've got enough talent here where we, we expected a bit of fall off this year not as much as we've seen so i think it, they'll start to kind of even out and i do think they will make the playoffs okay don't sleep on the cats and steven that will do it for today's edition of daily faceoff live thank you steven thank you frank saravalli of course thank you tyler remchuk and our head of production alex allard that'll be it for this week we'll be back on monday as always at noon Eastern. Until then, make sure you go to dailyfaceoff.com all weekend. We're going to have more trade deadline coverage and follow all the latest stories in and around the NHL. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex ultra soft tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex ultra soft tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin for this allergy season. Grab Kleenex and face allergies head on planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.